This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 160 with Tanya Lee. Show notes for this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 160. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Tanya Lee is the founder of French Kiss Life, a destination for women who want to inject more elegance, style, and enjoyment into their daily lives. Her mission is to inspire women to style their minds, bodies, lives, and success from the inside out and the outside in. Through a vibrant online community of over 50,000 women, online programs, and immersive live experiences, Tanya infuses a French flair into her teachings and encourages women to slow down and cultivate well-lived lives no matter where they live in the world. She is the proud mama of a 19-year-old daughter and her little guy, Winston, an English golden retriever. She lives in a small town in Colorado, but you'll often find her sipping champagne or tea at a cafe somewhere in the world. I love chatting with Tanya about how she came upon her own desire to French kiss life and how she's helping women all over the world French kiss life. You'll hear her share some real life stories that prove life isn't easy and isn't always pretty and things certainly don't go as planned, but that doesn't mean you can't create a life you love madly around the chaos and the grit. Listening to hear Tanya share why you need to break the rules and embrace your own GPS, the truth about other people's judgment, how to plant your kids in a big pot and why you need to do that, how to emotionally manage yourself and take control of your feelings. And what is the most important question you must ask yourself? This was a fun conversation and Tanya has an interesting story along the lines of motherhood and her own journey into finding the niche that she really has fallen in love with in terms of her professional path. So I know you're going to love this. Let's go ahead and dive in with Tanya Lee. 
Tanya Lee, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you, Sarah. It's great to be here. I'm excited because I love the name of your business and your community, The French Kiss Life. And there was a moment where I thought you might be joining us from France today when you got on our call. So I know you're calling from Colorado where it's actually stormy and a little bit crazy and not so French-like, right? That's true. But the beauty of living a French Kiss Life is you can do it from anywhere. Yes. I love that. Yeah. So let's go ahead and dive in and tell me a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio. And what are you most excited about right now? Oh, such a good question. Well, right now (laughs) we are in the middle of a complete rebrand and it's needed desperately. I always tell people that my current brand is like walking around in a horrible dress that doesn't fit well. And so (laughs) It is time that I up-level the brand to match the quality of what we're doing. So I'm excited about that. And I'm getting ready to take my group to Paris. So every year I lead a retreat in Paris in the fall. And so we're getting ready for that. And beyond that, my personal life, I'm in the middle of a kitchen remodel. So oh my gosh. <laughs> rebranding the business and rebranding my kitchen. It goes hand in hand. Nice. Frustrating, both of them and equally rewarding. And yeah. I'm also learning to wake surf. Oh, what is is wake surfing? Tell us more. Well, wake surfing is you do it behind a boat. So you have wakeboarding boats that can create a surf. And we've been getting out on the lake on the weekends and I've been learning to wake surf and I'm super excited about it. It's been so- Oh my gosh. I just saw two people doing this on Facebook live the other day and I was like, what are they doing? Are they surfing or are they they water skiing? And I was like, it looks so fun. Well, you know, I think it's great because you don't have to deal with surfing in the general sense of having to swim out and sit there and maybe wait (laughs) for hours for a wave. The wave is always ready for you. So I've really been enjoying that. It's super fun. fun. That sounds super fun. Are you a snowboarder? I'm not crazy. When I was watching, I was like, that would be, I mean, obviously if you were a surfer, it would be easy to carry over to wake surfing. But I was also thinking for snowboarders, that might be a kind of a natural crossover sport. I'm in the fitness industry as well. So I was like, oh, geeking out on like the body mechanics of it. And I was like, oh, if you can snowboard, I bet you can do that as well. Well, that's the funny thing here. And it has not been elegant at all. (laughs) But, you know, once you finally get that wave, I'm like, you know what? It's a metaphor for life. Totally. Finally get it and you just ride it and you don't fight it. It's like an incredible experience. Oh my gosh. I love that. I'm someone who relearns snowboarding every five to 10 years, which is torture because, and then I don't do it again for, you know, another five or so years. And my husband gives me a hard time because I'm so tense and nervous that I'm like physically exhausted an hour into it. I'm just spent. And he's like, you have to just relax and like go with it. You can't fight every single moment of snowboarding and totally this is like how I approach life, like trying to be 127% in control at all times, like uh, ready for anything. <laughs> so that's I totally agree. <laughs> it is. And I have to say, I've gotten so much better, especially in the last five years since having a child. I've really had to let go of a lot of my type A tendencies, um, mm-hmm. but I love it when sports replicate life and you can be like, oh, maybe this is because I'm just too anal everywhere in my life. <laughs> I know our tendencies show up in so many things. Isn't that fascinating? Yes. Yes. It's so interesting. 
So let's talk a little bit more about French Kiss Life. You founded this movement and I love the name and I definitely want to hear what was the inspiration for French Kiss Life and tell us a little bit about the whole, like going through rebranding. Cause I think that this is something that especially as moms, I think as women, but also as moms, we do this where there's a lot of reinvention over time. And it's something that happens definitely at a somewhat regular basis where it's every maybe five years or 10 years where you're like, I just need to like revamp a bunch of things. So tell us about all of that. Yeah, I love this question. So, you know, I grew up in the South in a trailer. I never in a million years thought I would one day have a company called French Kiss Life. (laughs) I'm like, how did this happen? But I always wanted to go to Paris. And, you know, the extent of my family vacations had been going to the Tennessee mountains, which was great. And we did go to Disney World one time, which was incredible when you're a kid, but we didn't travel. You know, my family, wonderful, hardworking people, but, you know, travel and culture was just not a part of what I grew up in. And so when I finally made it to Paris, it was uncle son coming home. I finally felt what I wanted my everyday life to feel like. And mm-hmm. on my very last day, just to take it all in. And I remember looking around and seeing lovers kissing. I remember seeing moms having picnics with their kids. I remember seeing like old men well-dressed playing bocce ball and just people sitting by a fountain reading a book. And up until that point, and I'm sure you can probably relate, Sarah, and probably a lot of the women listening, I had been too busy to do any of those things. Mm -hmm. You know, my life just felt like a rat race. I was working as a full-time nurse at the time. And I just remember looking around and I said to myself, I said it out loud. I said, oh my God, these people are French kissing life. And I came home on a mission to figure out how to live more in that way in my everyday life. And I've been living out that question for over a decade now, and now I get to share it with other women specifically, and it's just been such a rewarding process. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. And I love that Paris was something you always dreamed about, and then you went and it was everything you wanted it to be. Yeah, yeah. And it's really interesting, you know, and I don't know if you can relate to this. I suspect you probably can, but, you know, if we look into our childhood, there's so many golden nuggets for our adulthood, you know, the things we love to do and the things we were drawn to, and we can forget those things as we get older, but just looking back and looking at how you can incorporate those things into your life now, it's truly an incredible process. Yes. Yes. And I can really relate to what you said about having limited opportunities to travel as a child and having such a sense to prioritize that as an adult. Cause I definitely came from a very similar situation. I live in Western Washington and we went to Eastern Washington every year for a week. And that was our family vacation. And it was like, I spent the whole year getting excited about it. And it was going to visit my grandma and my cousins. So it wasn't like anything big or fancy, but that was like the big deal. And it was a big, exciting thing. And the only other trip we did was to Disneyland. And it's interesting now how travel is a big part of my life. And I think some of it is because of my relationship to travel growing up that I didn't feel like I didn't get anything. I didn't feel like anything was missing, but that one week in Spokane every year was like such an exciting thing. And I was like, Oh, like I can replicate this to way cooler places. in in my grown-up mm-hmm. life and for my son as well, which, which is really exciting and really fun. I always encourage women to travel if they can. And if you're in that season of your life where you can't, then figure out how to bring travel to you. 
whether it's through books or movies or, you know, just there's a way to bring culture into our lives, even if we can't go and visit the culture. Right, right. We did a summer bucket list this summer for our family. And a lot of it was, I mean, there were some things on there that were trip oriented, but a lot of it was like, what can we do that's just in our own backyard that we haven't taken advantage of yet? So like going canoeing and fishing in the lake that's closest to our house, which we've never done before. Things like that, where you don't always have to like book plane tickets and make it a big extravagant event. (laughs) Exactly. So you pride yourself on being a rule breaker, which I love. And I want to hear more about that. Why is breaking the rules key to success in parenting and in business? And how does that play out for you? Mm, Such a great question. My belief is that each of us have a unique path. And if you're following rules that are made by others, chances are you're not on your path. You're on the path of others. And the result is you end up ignoring your own intuition, your own guidance, your own, I call it your GPS system. And so to follow that, it requires that you break the rules and create the rules for yourself. So it's not that I don't believe in rules. I believe that we need to create the ones that truly serve us and break the ones that don't. And it's been such an imperative part of my business growth, of my parenting, and it's uncomfortable. That's the hard part. Yes. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable because everyone's telling you that you should do something one way and your gut is telling you something completely different. And so, you know, I encourage each of you just to listen to that. You know, trust your own gut, trust your own wisdom because chances are if you're following your path, it's not going to look like anyone else's. Right, right. Back to the whole idea of the way you were raised and how you grew up, it's not always instinctual or intuitive to start recognizing your own desires and really embracing your own inner GPS. Oftentimes we do things in a certain pattern because it's what's been modeled to us or it's what we've been kind of just put on the trajectory to do. And so it can definitely take some time and some soul searching to be like, oh, actually, I don't need to do things the same way everyone else in my family has or the same way that everyone around me has done all my life, I can actually go and do things really differently. And that can be really fun and exciting. But like you said, also totally terrifying sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's when I encourage women to learn how to feel their feelings, feel the discomfort, and then do it anyway. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, It's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for 
understood explains and it will pop right up click on it pick your episode and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. (laughs) How have you been a rule breaker as a parent? I'm intrigued by this idea. (laughs) Well, I remember when my daughter was she was entering middle school and I understood that my daughter learned differently. And I understood that the school system was not giving her what she needed. And I made a decision to pull her out of the public school system and put her into a very small environment with a teacher. There was like three other students. You could call it homeschooling, but I didn't do it because I was (laughs) the worst teacher ever. But I remember, you know, people saying, what are you doing? Like, this isn't what you should be doing. And I listened to them and it was tempting to follow what they said I should do, but I trusted my gut. And she did that until her high school years. And it was a really wonderful decision for her. I'm not saying that's the decision for all kids, but for her, I knew that that's what she needed. You know, and I've also had a very open relationship with my daughter. And I think maybe because I grew up in a Pentecostal holiness church where there was a lot of no, you can't do this. It's a sin. I have allowed my daughter to experience life with guidance. And yes, there are rules, but I've been a lot more open. And you know, some people could judge me for that and that's okay. People judge, that's what they do. (laughs) (laughs) But it's really served her and it served us. And I've been a single mom almost her entire life. So You know, it's just been a very interesting dynamic that's required that I stay true to myself and as a result, stay true to her as her mom. 
I love so much of that. And I commend you for making that big, that must've felt like a very bold decision when she was in middle school to go and do something that was not traditional, not, you know, within the norms of your community and then to have it work out. And I think that you have to listen to your gut with your kid and people. And like you said, people are going to judge and that's just what they do. And so I think if we just are aware of like this, I'm going to do this and people are going to judge it. And then you can kind of be dismissive of the judging rather than concerning yourself with it, Mm -hmm. because it can be really easy to get caught up in what other parents are doing and thinking and saying about you and all those kinds of things. So I think that's really significant. And especially when, like you said, having a super open relationship with your daughter and letting her try different things with your guidance and those kinds of things. Again, you know your child best. And so when you can facilitate the rule breaking, I imagine that's so empowering for both you and for your daughter, for you to both have those experiences and really learn and evolve together. Yeah. And it's really important that you know your child because every child requires something different. So my daughter is a triple Aries. So all of her signs are Aries and I'm not big into astrology, but I've been told that, you know, she's full of fire. And then when she was really young, I had her take the Colby assessment, which I don't know if you've done the Colby. I've done it. Well, I did it with her because it's a really useful tool in knowing how your kid implements in the world so that you can support them. And so when you know your child you are able to make better decisions for them. And chances are, because your child's unique, you know, the decisions that you make, people probably won't like, and that's okay. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And I think that as soon as you can be like, that's okay. <laughs> the sooner you can be, have that attitude, the better. <laughs> right. Everybody has an opinion. That's what I tell my client. Right. And then people right. are going to judge you. And I think you said it so beautifully expect it, then you won't be shocked when it happens. It's going to happen. (laughs) Right. Well, I think also the more you can own decisions and own what you're doing, the less people will judge. If you just put it out there that like, this is what we're doing and you're doing it with confidence, people will be like, oh, okay. If you are like secretive about things or you're not owning things and that's obvious to other people, I think that's where the judgment comes in a lot more swiftly and strongly because people see you not really embracing your own decisions. And I think that then they like, they smell insecurity and fear. And I've noticed that the more confident I am about things that I, I mean, even launching this podcast would be a great example. The more confidence I put out there with things, the more people accept everything. It's like, oh, this is amazing. Where Versus if I were to be like, well, I'm going to try this podcast thing, but like, I don't know, it might suck. People would be like really cautious listening. They'd be listening for it to suck. So if people see you exuding confidence and owning your decisions and behaving like a really empowered parent, I think they're much less likely to question you or less likely to judge you. And those that still do like whatever, they can go do their thing somewhere else. (laughs) I love that you say that. And the fact that your podcast is called The Shameless Mom, if you don't mind, I want to share really quickly a story. Yeah. Because I believe that we will continue to be triggered until we heal that thing. So I remember a few years back, I was at a party and this woman just commented in front of the whole group, oh, you've been divorced. And I remember feeling so much shame around that. And it's exactly what you were saying. It's because I had not made peace with it. And she actually gave me a huge gift. I'm like, okay, apparently I need to go in and work on this (laughs) thing that just got triggered. And I did. And now today someone can say, oh, you've been divorced and it doesn't bother me. It's like, whatever. That's because I made peace with it. And so I tell clients all of the time, I'm like, you know what? The most important decision 
is actually the decision after the decision. And what I mean by that is deciding how you're going to feel about it. Yeah. yeah. Our mind will tell us, well, that was a terrible decision. You shouldn't have done that. And it's like really taking control of that part of your mindset. And so when you decide something for yourself or for your kids or for your family, decide in that moment how you're going to feel about it so that you don't waste all of that energy full of guilt and regret and all of the other horrible emotions that moms especially go through. Right, right. Yeah. And I love the idea of that second decision because I think that a lot of that is we have so much power in how we choose to react to situations and how we choose to move forward with grace or without grace. (laughs) (laughs) And and not saying I'm always graceful at all because I'm definitely not. (laughs) But you know, when I'm not graceful, I'm like the first person to be like, oh my gosh, you guys, let me tell you how I was super not graceful (laughs) before anyone else can come out and tell the rest of the world. Like, let me share first. (laughs) I'm going to beat you to the punch. (laughs) Totally. Totally. You say you planted your daughter in a big pot. Explain what that means and why was that so important? I'll never forget this moment. I was working with my mentor. I was in San Francisco and there was a big group of us and I was in the hot seat and it was actually a business mastermind. And I get up there and I just start talking about my daughter because, you know, our personal lives directly impact our businesses, right? And so I was just expressing how concerned I was for her academically and, you know, how she was having a hard time in school. And my mentor's mother actually pulled me into the bathroom during the break and said to me, you know what, Tanya, you've planted your daughter in a really small pot. And I was like, what? She's (laughs) like, yeah, you're holding an intention for her that doesn't serve her. You're seeing all of her shortcomings and, and the things you're projecting your own fears onto her. And she said, I want you to challenge you to plant her in a huge pot. Go plant her in the forest and just let her grow. And I just remember weeping like a baby in the bathroom. And I went and I called my daughter who was staying with my mom. And I just said to her, I said, you know what, honey, I know you've got this test today and you're going to do amazing. I believe in you. And even if you don't do well in this test, it really means nothing. And my daughter started crying and she's like, mom, you've never said those things to me. And she ended up acing the test. It was crazy. (laughs) And so a big pot really comes down to holding big intentions for your kids, seeing them the way you want to see them. And it may not be the way they're showing up in this moment, but there's (laughs) something about holding that space for them to grow into that that's super, super powerful. Yeah. Oh, that story gives me goosebumps. When I think the risk of being protective mama bears is that we do like we see where all the cracks are and where things can go wrong before we see all the potential because we just want to be protective of all the bad things that might happen. So that like what amazing, amazing advice you were given. Yeah. I'm so thankful for her making me weep in the bathroom. (laughs) It was exactly what I needed. (laughs) Totally. And I love when you have those moments and you maybe didn't seem like a big, huge aha moment right then, but when you have those moments and you can look back on them after the fact and be like, this is the moment where there was a huge shift because once you can identify that that shift happened, it changes everything moving forward. So then it can, you know, like I'm sure this totally impacted how you parented from that day moving forward. And even now your daughter is 19. Is that right? Yeah, she's 19. So even now it probably impacts how you interact with her and how you present as a parent. 
Yeah, well, we're going through a situation now that's so unexpected. And this philosophy of a big pot, big intentions, mm-hmm. is really what's helping us get through this this time, for sure. That's great. Yeah. And I think that, again, having that moment will come back to serve you as you have the unexpected things happen where you're like, okay, yes, we're planting the big pot. We're still planting the big pot. Yes. Like you can, you can keep clinging forest, to that. People. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So let's talk about when things don't go according to plan in life and in parenting. What has your experience been with that? And how do you advise women to work through these and moms to work through these tough times? Yeah. Well, as I was just sharing with you, this year has been a great example of the quote. And I don't remember who said it. Maybe it was Mark Twain, but it's the quote, life is what happens when you're making other plans. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah. So I took my daughter to school in August of last year to Santa Barbara, dropped her off. You know, it was new chapters for the both of us because I was married at 18. So I was a young mom, never really had my own life. And as much as I was sad about this next chapter, you know, because it sort of feels like a loss, I was also equally excited. And so to make a long story short, over the course of six months, my daughter became very sick very Mm. sick. And we didn't know what was going on. And I was in Paris in February and I get a call from her and she said, mom, they have found high levels of toxic mold in her apartment. And all of a sudden everything made sense because I thought my daughter was schizophrenic. Like it has impacted her brain on a terrible level. And so I was like, all right, okay, this is what's happening. And I was a critical care nurse for gosh, almost 15 years. So, you know, when stuff like that happens, I have this ability not to go get too emotional. I just Mm -hmm. go into action. So I call my mom and my mom's like a Southern woman. She has never been to Los Angeles. And I'm like, Hey mom, can I get you on a plane tomorrow to go get Sarah? I'm going to try to get the first flight out of Paris. And so my mom goes and gets her. I fly back. I meet them on the East coast and she ended up not, I say dropping out of school, but she did because, you know, she's not in a healthy state to be going to school. And the point of that is, is everything I thought I would be focusing on this year had to shift. Right. And this is life. (laughs) This is life. You know, we get a call, a diagnosis or something unexpected happens. And that's why I just am so thankful, so thankful that I have learned how to emotionally manage myself, which I think is one of the most important skills that you can learn as a human, Mm -hmm. because it allows you to navigate these times with so much more, I guess, grace would be the word, even though it doesn't look graceful all the time. And yeah, and so instead of fighting it and thinking, oh, this shouldn't be happening and how dare this, it's like, it is happening. So how can I show up in this moment. And it's really supported both of us really well. And I told her today we were outside and I said, you know, if this had happened 10 years ago, your mom would have been such a hot mess. I don't think I would have been able to support you (laughs) (laughs) because I didn't have the tools that I have now. And then on a smaller level, more than the emotional mastery, it's, you know, having community, it's having Mm. friends, it's having laughter, even when things are crazy and it's yeah. also having a glass of wine. 
I won't lie. (laughs) Totally. Totally. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, I'm sure that I just imagine as a business owner what the expectations that you would have for yourself when you send your only child off to school and you're like, okay, like I have some freedom now that I haven't had. And I have like, I can build things that I haven't had the time to build or the energy to build. Like I would imagine there was some space in your life to do new things this year. And Mm -hmm. I would imagine there was a lot of mental pivoting that had to happen over the course of the year as it became, as those things didn't fall into place the way you thought they would. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's been not arguing with it. I love to yeah. believe that everything is happening for you. Totally. And so when this happened, yeah, I had a lot of goals. I had a lot of travel plans. I had a lot that I was going to do. And I realized, you know what? Maybe God has a different plan. Apparently he or she does. So yeah, <laughs> I just had to, you know, look and reassess like what are my priorities right now? And also having a great team. I have the most amazing team that I work with. And, you know, they stepped up to the plate to support me during this. And it's actually been one of my best years in business, which is crazy to think about considering everything that's been going on. Right. And I also think that when you have these things happen, after a period of time, you can embrace it as, oh, this is part of my story. And this actually will contribute to your business and how you work with women in a totally different way because you've experienced this. You and your daughter together have overcome a big adversity in the last year. Yeah. Well, you know, my mentor, Martha Beck, always says your Helen back is your purpose. Ah, totally. That's good. I mean, I was over 200 pounds at one time. So now I get to mentor women around weight loss. You know, I was the typical overwhelmed, busy mom. And now I get to really support women living a more calm and joyful life. And, you know, when you're in it, you're like, this sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I want the brownies and the wine. (laughs) Right. You're like, ooh. But when you come through it, you realize, wow, who you had to become to get through that is the best part. And then you get to share that wisdom with others. So yeah, if anybody's listening to this and you're like in hell right now, just keep taking a step forward and realize that there's something greater on the other side. 
There is. Yeah, definitely. When you're in that messy middle, you can't see it. I would say you have to keep working through it. You can't work around it. Like don't try to sidestep it, make yourself work through it so that it can be done over with resolved. And then you can turn around and be like, Oh, I did that thing. And here are like the 18,000 reasons I'm better for it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's a really great book out there just really quickly called the, the obstacle is the way. And for anyone that's in a place in their life where you feel like, oh, it's just one obstacle after another, go pick up that book. I am noting that right now. And I'll make sure that's linked in the show notes. So if people want to go over to shamelessmom.com and click on episode 160, that book will be linked up there. So can you tell us a little bit more about, you mentioned that you would learn how to emotionally manage yourself. Talk to us about Mm -hmm. that. I want to learn how to better emotionally manage myself. But I think that moms, I think we can be extremely reactive just because there's always things flying at us from a million different directions. And I would imagine if you're good at emotionally managing yourself, you're not reactive and you're proactive. And so tell Mm -hmm. us about what that means for you. Yeah. Well, I work under the belief that our feelings are created by our thoughts, not what's happening outside of us. And so it's so empowering, number one, to know that you can manage your emotional state and that it's not dependent upon anything outside of you. Because as long as it's the outside world, if you think it's the outside world depicting how you feel, you're forever at the mercy. And it's why we troll everything. And so emotionally managing yourself is really, first of all, staying in tune with your feelings. You know, what are you feeling? And a feeling's always going to be one word. It's going to be overwhelm or joy or sadness or anger. But then, you know, training yourself to look inside your mind at what is the thought creating that feeling. And it will always be a thought or maybe a multitude of thoughts. Mm -hmm. And once you do that, you can begin to understand why you're feeling overwhelmed all the time or why you're feeling stressed all of the time, because your mind is full of overwhelming and stressful thoughts it actually has nothing to do with what's happening outside of you. And so with that, you can really learn to restyle your mind and literally birth a whole new way of being by managing your mind. And to me, this is like the best news ever, ever. Yes. For someone like me who likes control (laughs) to to imagine, oh, I can control my feelings and my thoughts and all. I mean, like that's big. Mm -hmm. And it's not so much that you can control them. Like every day I have some crazy thought pop in my head, especially around my daughter right now. Yeah. Thoughts of like, what if it's a brain tumor or what if she doesn't get better? Right. Those thoughts are still there. The difference now versus way back in the day when I was such a hot mess and I can still be a hot mess. I don't want to be But the difference now is that I don't attach to them. I just watch them. I'm like, oh, and I notice how they make me feel. And when I'm feeling worried or stressed, I'm not as effective as a mother. And so I have to really do my work to manage myself emotionally so that I can get it done and do it with as much grace as possible and really be the best person I can be so I can support those people around me. Totally. Totally. I love that. That makes so much sense. And it's so powerful when you can take on that perspective, it really shifts again, your level of reactivity in in situations. Yeah. So I know you have a really important question that you deem the most important question you'll ever ask yourself. I would love for you to share that question with us. Yeah. So I remember when I had this epiphany, I was actually 
sitting in the ICU. It was one of those rare, quiet nights. And a doctor, a visiting intern, he looked at me and he said, Tanya, who do you want to be? Were you working in the ICU or were you a patient in the ICU? I was working. So sorry. Okay, just making sure. (laughs) Just clarifying. Yeah, I think I mentioned earlier, I was a critical care nurse. Yes, yes. (laughs) And he asked me that question. I said, oh, well, I want to be a good mom, a good wife, a good nurse, you know. And he was like, no, I'm not talking about the roles you play in life. Like, Mm. who do you want to be as a woman? Like, what do you want your legacy to be? And I was like, that's just a weird question because we're so used to people asking us like, what do you want to do? Right. Right. Or what do you want to be when you grow up? And usually it's a job title, but in terms of like our essence, no one ever asks us like, what do you want your essence to be? Like, what do you want your life to represent? And so I didn't have an answer, but I was going to find out. (laughs) And so I remember (laughs) driving home that morning And the craziest word popped up for me. And the word was worldly. I wanted to be a worldly woman. And I was like, that's ridiculous. Here I am working in an ICU. I've never traveled, you know, didn't have style. I mean, it was just like all (laughs) of the things I wasn't. But I remember I had a cousin, Sherry, who was definitely a worldly woman. She grew up in Germany. She was just very cultured. And I'd always been intrigued with her, which is why I think that word popped up for me. And I started to think about, well, what if I did allow myself to be worldly and to pursue worldly pursuits? And that led me to going to sommelier school. It eventually led me to Paris. It led me to being a part of the Monaco Luxury Network, which I never thought would ever happen, all because I was willing to explore that question of who do you want to be? And so I think more than what you do, answering the question, who do I want to be is the most important one. I love that. And I think that that makes so much sense. And I also love that it wasn't necessarily about serving others because I think that as moms, we often get caught up in our roles of serving others. Like I want to be a better wife. I want to be a better mom. I want to be a better employee. I want to be a better sister, a better daughter. Mm -hmm. Like we're kind of trained culturally to be always in this service putting ourselves in service positions, which by the way, guys aren't trained. (laughs) Like people ask guys what they want to be. They're not like, oh, I want to be a better husband. They're like, I want to be the CEO. Right. (laughs) It's so interesting that the female answers are so service related. So I do love that it wasn't about being, you know, the best nurse ever or the best mother ever. That's really But I will tell you this to add on to that. It ended up making me better in those because I felt happier. I felt more fulfilled. And so you know, I really believe that the best gift you can give the world and your family and your children is the gift of your own joy. Right, right. Totally. Tell us what you love most about your work with women. Oh, gosh, so much. (laughs) It's kind of a big question. That's a big question. Yeah. It really boils down to seeing women birth a whole new way of being and living. I mean, that's the best thing about my work. I love seeing a woman go from overwhelmed and stressed to just full of joy and full of calm. You know, I love seeing a woman who's been struggling with her weight for years to finally understand that she has the power to change that. And then she does. So I love seeing women evolve. And I think we're always evolving, right? But to really do it deliberately and on purpose, it's the best thing ever. And I just love community. And I think that's 
one of the rewarding parts of my work too is this community I've built of just incredible supportive women who just want to master the art of living. Tell us a little bit about your community while we're on the topic. This would be a good time to kind of tell us about, you sent me a link, which will be linked up in the show notes as well, but you have a free community online called the French Kiss Life Club. Tell us a little bit about that and how people can connect with you there. Yeah. So the French Kiss Life Club is absolutely free and it's, gosh, we've got almost 8,000 women just in the Facebook club, but it's incredible and it's growing and it's a community full of celebration and conversation and connection around what it means to live a well-lived life. And so we have women from all walks of life from all over the world. And I think as women, you know, we grow up in a very competitive environment with each other. And so a lot of women have this belief of, I can't find girlfriends. I can't trust women, you know, so beautiful to see them come into this community and realize there are so many amazing women in this world. And for me to be able to facilitate that, it's incredible. It's so much fun. And oh, you know, that's so cool. we're women who love spirituality and style. And so it's funny to see, you know, women posting pictures of lipstick and the next minute they're talking about the spiritual book that they're reading. We don't see them as being separate, but actually as, you know, spirituality and style beautifully coexisting. Nice. I love that. Sounds so cool. I'm actually like mentally noting to myself, go get in that Facebook group as soon as we get off this call. Yes. I would love to have you in there. You will see me over there later today. Great. (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. So we're going to wrap in just a minute. We're going to do our shameless mommy minute lightning round. But before that, tell us how you are a shameless mom. Oh, How am I a shameless mom? I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I learned a long time ago, guilt doesn't serve us, right? And so I really dropped being a guilty mom because it's exhausting, number one, and it doesn't help us at all. And I think in doing that, I've really become shameless. And then also trusting my instincts and being willing to break the rules and letting people judge Yeah, because that's what they do. (laughs) That's our big lesson for the day. Yes. (laughs) That's awesome. That's fantastic. Before we do our lightning round, tell us where we can find you. I will have links to the French Kiss Life Club up on our show notes over at episode 160 and then anywhere else you want to point us to. Yeah. Well, I'm at tanyalee.com. It will soon be changing to frenchkisslife.com, but you can actually, it'll redirect you. If you put frenchkisslife.com, you'll come to the site and- I'm on Instagram, Tanya Lee. I'm on Facebook, Tanya Lee, Pinterest. Nice. I'm all over the place. If you do Tanya Lee, you'll find me somewhere. Great. I will have and all that find, over in the show notes. Or sometimes people find Tanya Harding when they, <laughs> when they go to Google me, her name pops up. So oh, that funny. Is yes, not the same person. <laughs> not the same Tanya. And then, yeah, I would love to invite your listeners to the French Kiss Life Club. And we actually created a special link so that If you decide to join, you get a copy of the French Kiss Life Manifesto, which is what I read at least once a week to remind me of how I want to live my life. So that is frenchkisslife.com forward slash shameless mom dash club. Perfect. That's awesome. Thank you so much for creating that, especially for our listeners. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. Okay. You ready for the lightning round? Oh, let's do this. Here we go. What What is your favorite way to treat yourself? Champagne and a day to myself. Oh, lovely. Current book you're reading or the last one you read? 
I'm reading two books. I always read two books at a time. I'm reading Deep Work and A Gentleman in Moscow. Is Deep Work Martha Beck? No, no. I don't even know the author. Oh, but it's familiar. It. It's very familiar. It's like I just heard. Cool. What's one morning ritual you can't live without? Coffee, music, and journaling. Nice. You have it all dialed in. Who is your biggest inspiration? Biggest inspiration is my mother. Oh. If you could give all moms one superpower, what would it be and why? I have two. Guilt-free mothering and a day off once a week. Oh my gosh. But like we could just have our own secret like eighth day a week. <laughs> I would love that. This has been so great, Tanya. I so appreciate you spending time with us in the Shameless Mom Academy today. And I love the work that you're doing and how you're using your own story to inspire other women and inspire your work with women. I think it's so powerful and you gave us a lot of golden nuggets. So thank you for spending time with us today. Well, thank you, Sarah. And thank you everyone for listening. This has been great. And when you have new projects in the works, you have to come back and share them with us so we can chat more and share more of you with the world. Yes, I would love that. And I can't wait to share what you're doing with my community. So thank you. Thank you. We will talk soon. Thank you so much for spending time with Tanya and I in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I hope you learned something new. I hope you were inspired. And I hope that this all helps you live a little more shamelessly while you French kiss life. Remember that everything mentioned, any links, et cetera, can be found in the show notes. So if you go to shamelessmom.com and click on episode 160, you'll find anything that Tanya has mentioned in terms of places to reach out with her and places to connect with her. Also, Tanya does have a free online community called the French Kiss Life Club, where women connect, celebrate, and converse about the art of everyday living. And as a member, you receive a free copy of the French Kiss Life Manifesto, Tanya's personal guide to living each day with elegance, style, and pure enjoyment. You can join the French Kiss Life Club by going to frenchkisslife.com forward slash shameless mom hyphen club. So that will also be linked up at the show notes, but I just wanted to make sure you were aware of her invitation so you can go over and join her community and connect with other women who are living large and embracing life and French kissing life over in that community. I hope this episode was valuable to you and I hope that you take away something new. And I know for sure after listening today, no matter what you do today, you will be able to do it shamelessly. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 